Okay, everybody, welcome to another episode of Formula One Tidbits from An American F1. This is just your weekly tidbits. Just a little short tidbit of information, right? Not too much, not too long, not too short. Just the appropriate amount of information you need to get you through the F1 season. Now, first things first, I got to say it is Monday, April 24th, and I got to say it is race week. Finally, oh my god, the hype. You can just, like, I feel rejuvenated. The last couple of weeks have been a slug. It's been just slow and crazy. Want to know how you guys have been spending it? Have you been, you know, maybe watching some Premier League football? Have you been crying in a corner? Maybe if you're like me, you've been watching some hockey, some other racing, NASCAR racing, I gotta say. Endurance racing, those types of racing. IndyCar has been kind of insane, kind of good. Some races kind of bad. But, you know, hopefully you've been finding some kind of fix, going outside, enjoying life on a Sunday, spending it with your significant other, whoever makes your life happy. I just, I hope that you guys have been having a good off season. And it's been kind of a weird break, right? Because this break really isn't for the norm. Usually we don't have this random, you know, we've had the midsummer break. We've had races postponed because of COVID or one thing or another and the schedule last minute canceled. But I feel like we've never had this stretch. This is basically like summer break part one in the spring. So I guess you could say spring break for F1. <coughs> I've also lost my voice during spring break or this formula spring break. I have not had a spring break. I've been working like crazy. But nevertheless, let's get to it. Let's get to some F1 news. Now, the first piece of F1 news as an American. I'm going to be honest. I put this number one. And this for me is probably one of the best things ever. This is one of the greatest situations that could happen to me as a Formula One fan. Because if you've been paying attention to Twitter, if you've been paying attention to the powers that be, there's this rumor out there that our guy who is the 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 old horse, the, the guy that won't go away, the, the stallion the the strong the the seemingly ageless Fernando Alonso is reportedly dating Taylor Swift. And now I'm not here to get into dating rumors. I really don't care, but I'm not going to lie. It's kind of interesting. As an American F1 fan, as I'm going to be completely honest, a huge Swifty fan. I love me some T-Swift. Uh I mean, I really like listen to Taylor Swift. Like I, I listened to her newest album. I have no shame in admitting that I jam out to Taylor Swift, always been a big Swifty and I have no problem admitting that. So for these two influential people in my life, Fernando Alonso, maybe not my life, but you know, my radio life, my formula one life, my podcasting life, you know, the, the thing I'm obsessed with Fernando Alonso and Taylor Swift to come together. It's beautiful. And I could just imagine what would happen. What would happen? What would that break? What is this arc going to be if this is true? Will we see some racing songs by Taylor Swift? Will we see a, a sad breakup a Formula One themed song from Taylor Swift if it happens down the road? It just got me thinking. Like, what a power couple. And now, maybe there's some conspiracy theorists out there, but. You want to expand to an American audience? I guarantee you, Taylor Swift starts really dating Fernando Alonso. There are going to be a whole bunch of people in the United States who know exactly who Fernando Alonso is. Hell, I mean, there are people in the United States that know who 
Lewis Hamilton is because he's into fashion. So could you imagine? Could you imagine if Taylor Swift and Fernando Alonso really are a thing? Talk about a dream for Liberty Media. Oh, my God. Talk about a dream for Netflix. This could realistically bring F1 to the forefront in America. Maybe I'm exaggerating, but no, it would be a pretty big deal. I mean, Taylor Swift is a pretty big deal. Fernando Alonso is a pretty big deal, not just in the United States, but worldwide. So why not? Hey, I'm excited for it. Let's see where it goes. That's some, you know, gossip BF1 news. And you know what? Sometimes we need a little gossip. Listen, it's been three long weeks, four long weeks without an F1 race. So we had to gossip about something. Um, other news, right? So I don't want to take too much away from what I'm going to talk about Thursday. Um, I want to do our Baku preview. But hey, going back to Baku, that's pretty cool. Um, I'm going to save the bigger story. I do think it's interesting. I'm going to talk about it a little more on Thursday. But uh, Merck or Mercedes, why did I say Merck? I mean, like that's such like a, right? That's such like a Chad thing to do, say Merck. Merck, yo, we're going to watch some Merck. Does anybody really call Mercedes Merck? Like, I know I wrote it down as an abbreviation. I have never referred to Mercedes as Merck. I know we write it all the time. But I never say it in a conversation. I just said it. So I feel like a real, like, a chat. Like, what am I saying here? I do think it was interesting, though, that Mercedes teasing again significant changes. And we're going to get into it. Not today. That's not for today. It's not. That's too much for a tidbit. But Mercedes really making these switches with James Allison, um, you know, basically returning to his technical director role, replacing Mike Elliott, Elliott going back to chief technical officer. Um, You know, this switch, which I think maybe is something necessary. Mercedes, and again, I want to get into this more on Thursday, but Mercedes has been what we could call a little disheveled, a little disorganized. And, you know, depending on who you talk to from Mercedes, it seems like, not that I'm talking to them, but depending on who you hear from at Mercedes, it really seems like nobody knows or if people take different roads. So you got like George Russell, who's the ever pot, like George Russell to me is like the ever positive light on Mercedes. You know, you got George Russell, who's positive Lewis, who's how would I explain Lewis? Lewis is like, he can be negative at sometimes, but he's like that guy that sees the light. He understands the journey, understands the path, and he understands when he's going to express frustration. I feel like George Russell's a little too new for Mercedes to, to be totally frustrated, you know? Lewis has been there, been through and through, seven-time world champ, technically eight. Um, but Lewis is through and through, knows what it takes to win, and Lewis is not afraid to share his opinion. But he sees the positive. He understands the work the team puts in. And then you got Total Wolf, who I think Total Wolf is just blunt, honest. And Total Wolf would be like, you know what? We brought upgrades, but doesn't mean we got anything going, you know? And I think that's important. I think it's a good mix. It's interesting just to see the dynamic that those guys got going. So, you know, I'm going to talk more about Mercedes, though, on Thursday. Because this is a team that really, them along with Alpine, I think are the most intriguing teams. There are a few drivers that are intriguing me. But I'll also tell you about a weird dream I had. I'll tell you that Thursday. Just something to think about. Um... Zhou Guan Yu, I was reading, you know, Zhou Guan Yu always seems to come up in the news, um, in the news or in reports, and I think, I don't know, I feel like there's always been this kind of shadow around Zhou Guan Yu, and 
they're talking about him possibly being even with Valtteri Bottas, one of the major um, management directors, technical officers, something from Alfa Romeo was basically saying how Val how Valtteri and Zhou Guan Yu basically are on level competition, which I think is fair. Honestly, I think Zhou Guan Yu is a great racer, and Valtteri Bottas is too. I think you got some praise for us. Uh, wow, some praise for Alfa Romeo because. Really, I think that move for Valtteri... Listen, I get it. Valtteri will probably never win a race. It will take a miracle for Valtteri to win a race in an Alfa Romeo. Honestly. But that move for Valtteri to go to Alfa Romeo, I think really is paying dividends. I think he fits in that mental role really well. I think Valtteri is and has proven on numerous occasions that he is a good driver. He he can wheel a car, and he's very knowledgeable about the car. He's knowledgeable about racing, and I think he really is a good mentor, and I think he has a lot of valuable experience in the sport, uh, valuable experience with a good team, with good drivers, good directors, and I think to lead Zhou Guan Yu, and I think... I'm not saying that Valtteri is the reason for Zhou Guan Yu's development. I think Zhou Guan Yu, I've been saying this for a while, is a very, very talented driver. I think he's gotten a bad rap. Um, because of the drivers that were, yes, there were drivers seemingly better. You could argue better or not when he got his ride at Alfa Romeo. And some people argue it was, you know, partially marketing, partially sponsorship, things like that. But I think he's really proven that he belongs in Formula One. And, you know, for people to be overly critical of Joe, I think is unfair because he's a talented driver. And it's it really is showing with his performances. Last year, he could have raked in a ton of points if it weren't for Alpha's reliability problems. <laughs> uh, speaking of teams with struggles, though, um, it was funny. I saw Zach Brown and, and you know... There have been rumors around Lando, I think, I guess ever since McLaren has started struggling this year. And Zach Brown has basically reaffirmed that there are no exit clauses in Lando's contract. And honestly, as much as I want to believe Zach Brown, we've been down this road. We've heard it with Daniel Ricciardo. We've heard it with other F1 drivers. And F1, let's get real. Like, I know there are contracts and things like that. And... Yes, we want to say contracts mean something, but at the same time, do contracts really mean anything in F1? Like, to me, all right, so if you guys are familiar with basketball in the United States, basketball in the United States, it seems like contracts, even sometimes in football, players and a lot of the major league sports here, players can sort of, not that it's fair or not, but, you know, there are contracts and, you know, obviously it's different sports where you can trade players, but, um, you know, Players have these contracts in sports and they seem committed to a team. They have, you know, these uh, no trade clauses, things like that. And they find a way to leave. They find a way when they don't get what they want. And I'm not saying that that's going to happen with Lando. I'm just saying I hate when we hear it's PR speak and I get it. Zach Brown has to do it. And yeah, maybe there is a no exit clause. Maybe Lando somehow is. But let's get real. For the right amount of money, and Lando's a talented driver, I'm sure there is some kind of exit clause, some kind of deal that could be worked out. If Let's say, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but you're telling me if a Ferrari or a Red Bull opened up for Lando and the deal was serious and those teams really wanted him, you don't think somehow there would be a way either with a driver swap, a contract payout, something. We've seen it. We've seen it with drivers in development. We've seen it with drivers not in development programs. We've seen it all over the place. So 
I just, I, I don't buy the no exit clause. It's just a PR buying time kind of move. And I get why Zach Brown has to say it, but honestly, I don't believe it. So, yeah, I know. That means nothing. But uh, the FIN Sains, uh, Sains, what am I doing today? I can't speak English today. I can't think of proper teams. I can't say drivers' names correctly. What am I doing? See, this is what happens when you're off too long. You're not thinking Formula One all the time. Uh, Carlos Sainz. Can't believe I said his name wrong. I love Carlos Sainz. Smooth operator. Why would I say his name wrong? He's one of my favorite drivers. Uh, stressful week. Uh, Carlos Sainz basically made a statement on his Australia. Or the FIA made a statement basically saying, you know what, Carlos? We are not going to appeal your penalty. We're not going to grant your appeal. And uh, you're going to deal with that penalty. And it was funny the way they said it. I mean, they basically said his witness statement, in essence, states how poor the grip was and how the sun was in his eyes. And then like, well, you know what? But logic would dictate that the position of the sun would have equally impacted other drivers. So I guess whatever the FIA looked into, I mean, I know Ferrari brought a ton of evidence. We could debate that on Thursday. Again, I want to talk more about Baku on Thursday. I've got to make sure I do that. But, um, yeah, I thought it was kind of funny that they brought that up. Uh, also rumors surrounding Carlos Sainz leaving Ferrari. Again, I feel like that's just something that always happens. Are we really going to buy it? I don't know. Like, I get it. I, I mean, has Carlos really been that bad for Ferrari? Has, like, is there, is Ferrari already looking to move on? Again, that's something I just don't buy. Um, there's also rumors about Honda and Aston Martin. A lot of rumors around it. See, this is what happens. When you're around for like three weeks, not much going on. Rumors start to swirl. Drivers dating music stars. Drivers leaving teams. Engine suppliers changing. But uh, yeah, Aston Martin and Honda supposedly want to look up. To me, I could see it. I could see there wanting to be some separation from Mercedes. And I could see Honda wanting to expand a little. Uh, or what was Red Bull powertrain. Like, honestly, Red Bull powertrains... I get it. Stupidest thing ever. Just Honda should have stayed in. It's Honda. Like, where are we trying to hide? It's Honda. Um, But Honda supposedly uh, going to Aston Martin for 2026, which is an interesting target. I mean, honestly, uh, I doubt Fernando will still be at Aston Martin in 2026. I mean, that is, what, three years? You think Fernando can make it three more years? I, I mean, he could, but no, there'll be a different driver by then. Uh, but yeah, I could see, I could see that happening. I could see Honda. I mean, Honda's definitely had a lot better experience. Could you imagine another Honda Fernando experience? Oh my God. Uh, Alpine again, closing in on Merck. I want to talk again Thursday. Really, I want to talk more about Alpine Mercedes. And I said Merck again. I am such a freaking Chad. Alpine Mercedes. I'm, you know what? I'm glad I don't call Alpine Alpine. Drives me nuts. It's a French team. It's Alpine. Uh, but Alpine, Mercedes, I want to talk more about those two teams. Those teams are really intriguing to me. At the moment, I think they're two of the teams that intrigue me the most, other than Aston Martin, Ferrari, and Red Bull. But, yeah, Merck, ugh, mm, I got to stop. Stop saying, I, I literally feel like I never say Merck, and now I'm saying Merck. You know why? Here's why. Surrounded by kids in school that talk about Formula One, and they say Merck all the time. Ah, Mercedes. Okay, Mercedes. Um, they're teams that intrigue me, okay? And I want to talk more about them on Thursday. So, then my final tidbit, who is always in the news? 
Daniel Ricardo. Daniel Ricardo, and it's funny because uh, Daniel Ricardo was talking about what he doesn't want, and he doesn't want to start at zero with an F one seat. And you know, you gotta feel, I, you gotta like Daniel Ricardo. You gotta appreciate the confidence he has in himself that he can find a ride, and maybe he can, maybe he really can. And he's saying, I'm not. It's not coming from an arrogant place, but I'm just past that. But like. I get it, Daniel. But at some point, I think he's going through, you know, stages of losing a Formula One ride. And at some point, he's going to have to get to acceptance that if he wants to be a driver in this sport, the chances of him going to a top team, like, what does he mean starting at zero? Does he not want to start with McLaren? McLaren wasn't at zero when he started. I'm sorry. They were a team that had a lot of promise. Renault wasn't exactly a team at a zero. So I don't know what he's talking about there. And maybe I should have read the article for more context. But it's just... Where like where does he think... And Aston Martin, maybe? Alpine? That experiment again? I mean, it's so hard to find a midfield team that is not... At quote unquote zero, Williams doesn't look uh, promising. Haas, maybe I don't know. Haas has some bright lights sometimes, and then Haas is like the ebb and flow of Formula One. I wouldn't even be surprised if they got bought out. Um, Williams too. I, I mean, I know it's a historic team, but listen, they have a capital venture group. I would not be surprised if that team was used as an asset. Alfa Romeo, what's going there? Like. If you just look logically through the list, what is there for him? Mercedes? They got Mick in the wing. If they want to bring Mick back. Red Bull? Do you think Checo or Max are going anywhere soon? Like, just looking logically, they're, they're, return to McLaren? Like, looking logically, I, I don't see a spot. AlphaTauri is not going to AlphaTauri. That's starting at zero. There's where, where would you go? So... Ferrari, no chance. So I get it. I get his point of view. But at the same time, like, I think at some point, if you're Daniel Ricciardo, you got to admit, maybe you should just accept your role at Red Bull and, you know, you got to deal with what's there. You got to kind of work with it. And, you know, it's it's one thing to want an F1 ride, but it's, you know, to keep talking about it, maybe, you know, if you got to... If you think you are the driver that you are, and listen, Fernando has proven that you can make a comeback. Nico Hulkenberg has proven you can make a comeback. Alex Albon, Esteban Ocon, there are tons of drivers. that Kevin Magnussen, there are tons of drivers that have proven you can make a comeback. But honestly, like, I think if Daniel Ricciardo, he's got to start somewhere and, you know, prove himself there and maybe something down the road. I, I don't know. You fall into a situation like Fernando has this year where he's with a good team and is scoring podiums. I, I don't know. But you can't be negligent, too, of the reality of the situation. So I I love Daniel Ricciardo. I think he brings a great energy to the sport. But I really, in my mind, if things don't work out and an F1 ride isn't there, I think if he wants to continue racing, I think there are many series that would open him, welcome him with open arms. Like, think about it. Like, there's, there's the SRX series, which has been great for touring drivers of you know either former fame or current fame uh 
it's oval racing, but I think it fits right. It's in America, but I think it fits right up his alley. It fits right up the goals of that series. There's NASCAR project. What is it? Project 91 X or by Trackhouse racing project 91. I always forgot what it's called, but you know, showcasing road course drivers, maybe even tried on an oval IndyCar racing. I know he said he hasn't been a fan of endurance racing. There've been tons of drivers that switch. So I think Daniel Ricardo has got to kind of keep an open mind. And who am I? I'm nobody. I'm a guy behind a podcast telling Daniel Ricardo what to do. So my opinion doesn't really matter, but it's just what I thought because I think it's something people would like to hear. And that's me being honest. But anyway, guys, I hope you have a lovely night. I hope you enjoyed my little tidbits. I will talk to you on Thursday, get you a little preview for the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. We are finally back to racing. It's race week and we got tons of racing coming up. So get excited, get pumped, start listening to T-Swift music because you got to be familiar with her if you are not already because she is probably dating Fernando Alonso. That's it, guys. Have a wonderful night and I will talk to you soon.